The Center for Minorities in the Mathematical Sciences presents Mathematically Uncensored. Where our talk is real and complex, but never discreet. This is Pamela Harris. And this is Eris Winger, and you are listening to Mathematically Uncensored, where our talk is real and complex. But never discreet. How are you up so early? Well, you know, you got to do the thing, and so you can wake up. <laughs> That's right. Oh, my God. You're out west? I'm out west. I'm over in Monterey, California. Oh for God. the CMC Cubed conference uh, that I'm giving a talk at. And I'm I don't know Monterey. Ready to go. You, you, You've you never been? I don't, where is Monterey? I've been to California a lot, and I don't know the geography at all. So it's, it's uh, south of the Bay Area. Monterey? Wow. Yeah, and it's okay. also, but it's also like right on a bay. So it is incredibly beautiful. I've never been to California and not be beautiful. I'm That's about to get fixed. I, I'm going to be saying your name to everyone at this conference. That's about okay. to get fixed. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> no, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Thank you for that. What's going on? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so big news. Okay. My my PhD student co-advised with my advisor. That's right. Uh, successfully defended his thesis on Thursday. Yes. Okay, so you're sitting to, there. Like, are, now, are you nervous oh, no. when they're up there? Oh, no, wait, I'm, like, squeezing my hands, right? Like, telling you the story right now, just, like, withholding, like, holding in back all of my emotions. Was I nervous? No. Okay. Not at all. No, how was all. the feedback? What feedback did you give that person? Remember, we talked about how that feedback was going to go. How did that go? Yep, yep. So, much better. Okay. I, I think I selected to do it as, like, collective feedback for the class. Okay. So okay. we were talking about like talks on Tuesday morning. So he gave a like a run through right. on Tuesday and then he did like the official thing on Thursday. And so during class, because they're in the class that we're doing, they're doing talks next week. And so it was like a perfect opportunity yes. to give feedback. Uh, so we talked a little bit about, actually, let me give a huge shout out to this this NSF funded project. And I don't know if we've talked about it much mm. outside, well, maybe, you know, in the show. But there's this project that came out of Denison, oh. which is titled Technically Speaking. Oh. Okay. And so anybody yeah. that just searches like NSF, Technically Speaking, you know, math, you yeah. will get like the first hit is the project. And what they did is they did these like little vignettes of students being recorded while giving a conference talk. Okay. And one version is like what you often see of students. Yes. And then the next version is like the polished version. Oh. Okay. So we spend time on Tuesday doing this. Wow. And then, okay. you know, and then we also talked about, um, so it, they break it into like preparation, delivery, right? Like, and then, yes. you know, just they, they break it into these pieces. And so we started talking about, one of the students said, wait, 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 I want to see the videos on annoying mannerisms. Oh. 
<laughs> so then I was like, okay. I was like, let's look, let's look at this, right? So they they're it's kind of a little sexist. Like it keeps doing the girl keeps just like tucking her hair behind her ear. And okay. you know, just but like yeah. excessively, right? So it's a little like, ugh. Right. But we watched this little video. And then I'm like, okay, so let's talk about all the annoying mannerisms we all have when we give talks. Okay. And so all the students just start sounding off, you know? Oh and my then God. because we've built such a good community. Yes. They start telling each other oh the my annoying God. mannerisms <laughs> they don't even know. Yes. Wow. And so, you know, we we got to yawn and we all look at each other and we're like, you're just stiff, yo. Like, you're just a little stiff. Because he has the presence of a soldier. Like, he really does. Like, Don, okay. you know, he's very, like, poised and yes. serious. And, like, I love it. I absolutely yes. adore him. And we were like, but when you give a talk, like, you can be more animated. Like, yes. you don't have to yes. be so stiff, you know? Right. And then everybody was like, yeah, Jan, you're so funny. You know, like, everybody kind of cheered him on. And he Got was it. like... Okay, guys, you know, like he, like he could do it. And we should have seen him. It was so good. So he adjusted the like talk, he, incorporating that. He did. Like, oh my and he God. also he's a pacer. He's a pacer, okay. right? Okay. So, like, you know, people pace, and so we gave him advice about like, okay, pace, but don't pace in front of your slides. Like, pace yes. after you click as you're transferring to a new slide. And yes. so it was great. Like his talk was just. It blew mm. me away. Like, mm. I loved it. It was so, so good. Yeah. And when he did do the ru- the run-through, and, you know, I gave him written feedback. Yes. The very first thing I said was, this was spectacular. Ah. Here are some tiny little things I noticed. You know, yes. like a, a typo yeah. on a slide or oh, something like it. this. I love it, love it, yeah. And then I was like, you're ready, you know, or something like this. I ended at the, at the bottom, it. like, let's go. So I did, I did a sandwich. Very good. No, good. Good. No, no, but I mean, that that just sounds fantastic. No, that has me hyped. Well, congratulations to you. Congratulations to him. Yeah. Congratulations to the, who was the co-advisor? Jeb. Oh, my own oh advisor. Oh, my God. And that's yeah. a story in itself. Oh, my that's God. That's a story in itself. Yeah. Wow, amazing. Nothing but, nothing but awesome experience there. That is great. Well, we're in our What's Q&A up with you? episode. Oh, I mean, they, we're the, the clock is ticking to the end of the semester. So, yeah. Okay, I, th- I thought you were going to tell me you were done. Like, I are you on vacation no, mode? almost. Oh, vacation, vacation mode with quotations. Vacation. With, with quotations. Okay, okay, okay. quotations. So, uh, yeah, we're almost done at the end of the semester. People are sending me emails. They're just mm-hmm. like, yeah, so I'm, I'm dealing with that. So, yeah, that's, that's on the horizon. And, yeah, that's basically what's going on with me, just dealing with that stuff. So. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm, mm. Q&A episode we got here. That is correct. What's the topic? Well, first we're going to discuss the difference or maybe the benefits Mm. to community success versus individual success. Yeah. Can you have one without the other? Well, so this is a good good topic because I'm like, what what is community success in mathematics? What, what, What is that? I mean, what is that even? Have we even spent time thinking about what that could be? So, yeah, what is that? Is that an organization doing well? Is that like a group doing well? Is that I'm thinking of NAM Math Fest, right? I'm thinking mm-hmm. of like and seeing a community success. Yeah, but like I, I I'm not sure I know what that means in our discipline, right? Mm. That is so individualized that you know, and as I've been. 
reflecting, like I'm thinking about, again, competition. I was raised in competition mm. in this discipline. And so, and in a lot of ways, it, you know, and that uplifted me because I was winning. And mm-hmm. like, I mean, I think I've been trying to undo that for the last 40 years. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. Shit. And without realizing, without realizing it that like, because then like, yeah, I mean, I've come to realize that the community way is the way we need to go. And time and again, right? It feels like there's this contradiction that I hear Mm -hmm. everybody say that, oh, collaboration, let's work together, let's work together, let's work together. But then so many times when I see the goddamn spotlight, I only see Mm. one person. Yeah. I only see one person. So how is it that we can, you know, rectify this seemingly contradictory um, experience that we're having. Yeah, I I think I find myself also struggling a lot with it because the places where I feel like the most joy in mathematics are always collaborative spaces. Yeah. And, And to be frank, like I've never, you know, I didn't ever do a math competition in my life. Mm. I didn't know these things existed, right? I learned about the Putnam like after you yeah. know, it was the last time I could have done it. Like, I graduated in a December, so, like, I didn't even know that the Putnam was a thing. Yeah. I, you know, I, I kind of, like, grew up in math in a tutoring center. Ah. So there, it was like, we're all struggling. You know, I started, you know, I would go, and then I became the tutor. And so, for me, my route to to mathematics was very built on community And then I think it became very, very individual when I started working on my research, right? Like, I mean, I I check in with my advisor every week. And, but still it was like me, like you have to do it. No one else is going to do it for you. And that's fine. But I realized, and I think that's why by the time I graduated, I was like, I don't, that's not what I like. Like, I don't Mm. like not having someone else to be there in that moment. Yeah when we're both thinking about a problem and you say something that triggers my idea that then triggers your idea that we're kind of like bouncing and we're like, Oh my God, that might work. Right. Like I, there's something for me in that exchange that that for me is where like the joy occurs. Yes. And sure. There have been many moments where it's me by myself kind of doing that, right? Like, Oh, this didn't work. Let me try this. Let me try this, but not getting that feedback or like seeing how other people approach a math problem just doesn't have the same feeling. Mm -hmm. And I think because of that change from a very like cultural or or community-based experience in mathematics to this very like individualistic one, I think that's when math lost me. You know, I was just like, I'm never doing, I'm never doing research again. When what? Like doing research, like research math, right? Lost me between my PhD, like at graduation, I said, I'm never doing this again. I'm going to go to West Point. I'm going to learn how to be a proper teacher. Mm. And I'm going to go down that route. Mm. And then that summer, I had that like pivotal interaction with Eric Insko, which brought me back that feeling of like, oh, wait, those last two years I've spent in kind of solitude. Yeah. You know, working alone and, like, just checking in with someone every week, like, was not enough for me to still love math until I started working with Eric. And with Eric, Mm. it was the, it was exactly what I was missing, right? This, like, community. This, we're going to work together to solve this problem, 
not you go do it on your own because you have to because that's the measure of a PhD and then come back right. and I'll give you some feedback. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm struggling because every every time that I think about these like big academic milestones or professional milestones, they're always individual, right? Like mm. we talk about graduate or, you know, entry into graduate school. You've got to take these fucking GREs. Yeah. You're doing that by yourself. Yes. Right. You you get into graduate school. You got to do these preliminary, these quals. You're doing that shit by yourself. Yes. Right. You got to do your thesis. You got to do that shit by yourself. Yeah. Right. You go to tenure. We don't go for tenure together. You know, <laughs> right. 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 Okay? Yes. Or, or, you know, you and I going out for promotion. We don't get to do that in community. Right. And in fact, the constant narrative I'm fighting is, well, you know, if, if you did that with X, Y and Z. What percentage of the work did oh you do? Oh, my God. Right, right. This is the common thread. Every time anything or anyone I've ever been in a room and is being evaluated and there's some collaborative aspect to their work, there is always a fucking dinosaur in the room. That <laughs> in says, <that> way. <laughs> there's five people on that. Yes. What percentage did they do? Wow. Yeah, so that, yeah, and I'm wondering, well, there, I, there's so many things in my head. So I am wondering, that's a narrative that we have, right, about, mm-hmm. and it's a deficit yeah. perspective. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's just like, well, I, I so let, let me, I'm trying to be balanced here. So maybe it's not, right? Maybe, maybe it is, people just want to know how much did you contribute? You can ask how much did you contribute? I, I guess. I, it's just so feels so weird to me. MU at minoritymath.org if, is the email address. If you're looking at four people on a paper, I've, I don't think I've ever done that. Not to prime the question. No. But like, yeah, are you thinking, what are the conditions which you think, well, did that, how much did that person, you know, impact this? I mean, right. And so now there's also something with the order in which the authors are written, depending upon the discipline you're in, all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. The other thing I'm thinking about, Dr. Harris, is tell me about how ego shows up in the work that you're doing with other people. Where is it? Oh, that's interesting. I don't know that I've like thought about ego showing up so much, maybe because I've curated such a special group of people that I end up doing math with Mm. that the times that ego shows up, it is because the relationship is not yet sufficiently strong, right? Mm. That there's still this sense of, no, 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 I got to show you who I am Mm. so that, you know, maybe they're not being listened to, maybe they're not being heard. So all of a sudden the ego shows up and it's like, I'm going to show you who I am. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And I think for me, like my, my, I think my ego in collaborative, at least when it's like research things, my ego is like, oh, we're going to get a fucking paper out. I don't care what this is. I don't Mm. care what we're doing. A paper's coming out. No, I don't think that's ego. And I don't think that's ego. I don't know. I mean, that's what it feels like. That's being determined. Well, I, I think there's also because, right, like, Anytime that I do collaborative work, there tends to be students or graduate students or some early career faculty. And and I am leaning in to this new life where I am the senior person on the team. <laughs> and let okay. me tell you, you know, there's there's been some growing pains there because I'm like, oh, shit. I look around and I'm the oldest You're one. You're the one. You're and the one. I'm the one. Like, people somehow are looking up to me that I need to know how to do this. And so I'm like, I... 
at the end of the day, even when you have four authors on a paper, a paper is better than no paper. Yes. You see what I'm saying? Of course. And I can't be taking these young people on this wild parking adventure without yes. it resulting in something. And yes. so I, I think that's where I'm like, I am that bitch that gets mm. shit written up. And so let's go. No, let's this is write good. this fucking paper. And you're calling you know? that ego. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. That's like self affirmation. I, that's what I mean. It doesn't. That doesn't oh, feel okay. like ego. Well, that's I, yeah, that's yeah. much better. Okay. Great. Okay. That's, that's nice. <laughs> no. No, because there's something of it. Like you. So I, other people call it the healthy ego. The reason why I asked this was because that when I'm thinking about how we each came up, I, I'm thinking there was more ego on my side than it was on yours. Like in terms of like. The mathematical experience, like you were in the tutoring center, you were you were around a bunch of people who were trying to learn something, and like and were understanding that they didn't know some stuff and all of that, right? And so I was not in that space. I was like mm-hmm. around a bunch of people who act like they knew everything, and you had to be faster than other people. Like, yeah, it was a very different upbringing. So ego was all over the place. But maybe it was also like a way to be confident, right? Like it, it built you up in a way mathematically that I think I've never had. Mm. You know, I, I don't think I've ever, and, and maybe, please correct me if I'm wrong, but oh. I have this impression that folks who go, that get into mathematics through these like competitions, they, yeah. they, they do, okay, they, it's ego, but I also think it's like this, you know, you're confident, like you've been constantly reinforced that you're good, that yes. you can do this. Yes. And so yes. it's not necessarily like, sure, sure, sure. There's a point where like it becomes just having a big ego. But there is a level of confidence yes. because you've had a sheer number of experiences that have shown you that you can be successful at the thing that you set your mind to. Absolutely. And right. I think for me, it was the complete opposite, right? Like at every step of the game, I was told that I was awful at this. So I was like, well, shit, we're going to be awful together. Yeah, right. <laughs> so wait, so this is good. Like, I knew I wasn't yes. the only one. Yes. You know, I knew I wasn't the only one. Like, for y'all, it was like, I'm the one. Right. You know, oh, I yes. won. Whereas for me, it was like, yo, yo, I would look around and be like, we all suck. Let's get better at this shit together. Right. So I, I think it is yes. just a matter of, of you know, the experience was so different. And, and, I, and I think I have constantly tried to fight. The, like, every time I'm in these situations where, like, this is just you. It's got to be just you. And I'm like, why? Yes. Yes. And I don't right. think people actually have good reasons aside from the, but then what do we know that you did? Right. Yeah. Which is not a good reason. Which is not a, that's good, not reason. a good reason. Yeah. No, that's that. Yeah. That is, no, I am thankful for the, in the promotion sense that my school was just going to, if my name was on it, they were going to give me full credit for it. Right. And mm-hmm. so, like, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, that that was it was good to not have to be concerned about that as I was compiling right. stuff, right? Yeah, I do right. want to say that in the competition way, like, is problematic because then you know you only get to talk to the winner. Yeah. Oh. So yeah, the, yeah there's some people who could have done yeah. great in our discipline. So let us not forget that there are some losers too, and they also have to go through an experience. They may leave the discipline, and they may right. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, I prefer but, your way better. I do. No, I mean, listen, you know, who you tell <laughs> The one thing I will say that that came up, you know, in a conversation I was having with a mentor was, you know, I 
just talking about like, you know, is, is it really an issue? Like if you have, you know, three papers that are, you know, four authors deep. And, and there was some interesting conversation about how other countries do this. Oh. You know, and how other countries, when somebody goes up for tenure or somebody goes up for prom- whatever they're going up for, say, for example, if there's two authors, you know, in the U.S., we do something like, oh, well, they each did about half. You know, we credit them with 50 percent of the work. Whereas in other places, they do this, they have this formula where it's a two over N plus one. Two over N plus one. So if it's just you. Yes. Right. So the denominator is N plus one. So if it's just you doing this solo author paper, then you get 100% of the credit, right? Two over one plus one. Okay. But if it's me and you writing our book, Eris. Yes. Right? Yes. It's two out of three. So we each get 66%. Okay. 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 Right? Which is better than half. Yes. Got to get Yes. And so other countries have a, you know, quote unquote formula. Yes. Which gives more than... Yes. The one over the number of authors. Yes. Credit because they understand that it's not just an easy calculation and that we're both putting in so much time and effort. Yes. Into yes, this yes, project yes. that it's not that like, oh, we do it collaboratively. So it became half as easy. Yes. That is not true. I mean, I'm no, just thinking about God, the fact no. that like, yes. no, it's right. not half as easy. Like every time you and I do anything, right? Like, okay, I put a sentence on the, on the, on the Google yes. doc. You put a yes. sentence. I'm editing your sentence. You're writing, you know, you're editing oh, my absolutely. sentence. We're, absolutely. Right? So yeah. like the amount of work that goes into it is certainly more, when you and I do something, it's certainly more than 50%. Yes. Right, right. So there's something hidden On each of about, our parts. Yeah, so this is good. So how is it that we can look at a paper with four people and think about it as hard work, that more people brings more challenges that are different and are just as valuable and impressive as if you did it by yourself. Right. Exactly. So yeah, yeah, no, that, and then I'm also thinking about looking at someone's CV and seeing six papers and they all have four authors. And how is it that we can look at that as something that's like, so, so in other words, in other words, how do, why, why would we look at that and say, that's bad? That's what I'm missing. I mean, like, why is no, that a bad thing? And it's- yeah. Right. And it's it's the same narrative. It's like, well, yeah. I can't distinguish what it is that that person did among all of the set of co No, but there is no, I, I, here's, my, here's my question. MU at minoritymath.org is the email address. There is not a number capital N such that if you have N papers with your name on it, then it's irrelevant about how many people are co-authored with you. Oh, no. No. The, okay. This, the dinosaurs wow. will still say the same thing. Wow. Wow. Okay. They will and say the same thing. They don't dinosaur. care. Yeah. The tradition lives on. No. There's still some no, young no, people. No, it's true. But I think yeah. that, that, that that's the group of, there, there's a subset of mathematicians who are yeah. a lot more, you know, they have a stronger belief and are mm-hmm. louder in voicing it. Yeah. And, you know, like, for example, another thing I've heard is, well, you know, there's this story, right? There's always stories. This one person seven years ago, we found out oh, that, you know, yes. they had, I don't know you know, a group of three collaborators. Okay. And, and you know, one wrote a paper and they just added the names of the other two. And then another one wrote a paper and they just added the names of the other two. And so basically, they just like beefed each other's CV up okay. for eternity. Got it. And I was just dying laughing because I was like, <laughs> this is the most unrealistic thing I've ever heard in my life. Right, I, right. I know so many people. I've never, and, and 
I'm going to say it. I'm pretty sure I know 700 times more people that person than that person. Yes. And never, ever, ever in my life have I heard that people are just like, yo, Eris. Right. I'm writing this paper, yo. I'm just going to put your name on it. Yeah. You got me next time? Okay, cool, 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 no. cool, cool. Yes. Never! So this is good. And because or I maybe think, I just don't have the right people. Did no, I just, well, <laughs> no, well, no, but so this, this is this is what happens when we have this sort of like got you or let's catch the wrongdoer mentality first, mm-hmm. right? And we let that mm-hmm. narrative dominate because you hear a story. It's like we got to make sure that things are on the up and up, and then that cu- that just shades the entire experience, right? Because yeah. if, we're, if we're looking at something, well, wait, what did you do? And you were wagging your finger then it's just like the whole experience is like completely opposite of what we want it to be in our discipline, right? Yeah. And and I'm going to call myself out, mm. you know, just this instant because as we were having production meeting, like I really felt like there was a comment made that just like slapped me across the face. Oh. And I was like, I know I'm not the only hypocrite in this call, you know? And, yeah. and in fact, in the discipline because I'm so pro-community and, and constantly talking about it, constantly talking about it. But then I uphold the same fucking narrative about individualism when I teach undergraduate courses, ah. right? That I'm like, okay, come come ready. You know, you watch the video, we do a little thing, and I just want to make sure that you know the definition, so you take this individual quiz. Yes. And then you put the definitions down on paper. And yeah. then now that I know that you know a little something, now you can participate in the community building. Mm. And then as the exit... Oh, shit, I don't know that you actually did anything in community. So now let me give you this exam so that you can prove to me that the thing that you did in community was actually worth doing. Oh, my goodness. So I'm going to individually test you to come into our community. And I'm going to test you as you exit the community. Powerful. No. And I've been thinking about that. It's been sitting with me so fucking hard because I'm such a hypocrite. It's December right? 9th, episode 10 of season Ooh. four. Let's see if Dr. Harris will do something different. Yeah, no, but I hope y'all are listening. I, I Deep self-interrogation. I love every moment of that. You look pained, and you should. No, I'm, I'm hurting. Good. I'm yes. hurting because I'm thinking about, you know, the students in the classes that I've taught most recently, like just last spring, and those that excelled in that environment have gotten more from me. Yes. You know? Yes. They're the ones that end up getting the letters of recommendation. They're the ones that end up being invited to come and do research with me and my graduate students. They're the ones that I send to conferences. And I'm thinking, and I'm like looking, you know, at AP. I'm looking at her right now. Mm. I'm looking at her face right now. And, you know, there was moments of pain during that class where she's like, I don't get this. And I'm like, well, keep working with this person. And like, it's going to come. It's going to come. And and I don't know that I served her well, you Mm. know? Mm. Yes. Yes, yes. And I don't know that I served her well, because at the end of the day, I said, like, the thing that's important is community. But at the at the semester, turning in those grades, those were mm-hmm. their individual grade. Yes. And so it's just like it pains me that, you know, I don't know how many fucking years I've been at this. And like, I still get it so fucking wrong. Mm. So wrong. Oh, and yeah. I'm trying, you know, and I'm somebody yes. who's like actively thinking about these things constantly. And it just hurts me. It just hurts me. 
Well, this is this is the power. This is the power of a system that's dehumanizing in lots and lots of ways, right? And so I the way I hear you speak about it, I'm hearing you fighting against the system, right? You're trying to yeah. fight against this. And then there are elements of the system that are still there that are so like ingrained that you need oh, yeah. like chisels to get out. Mm-hmm. And it is this individual, mm-hmm. this individualistic testing, right? So how is it that we yeah. can align our values? to the systemic mm-hmm. things that are surrounding us. And what you're saying yeah. is that we can't. But what's encouraging is that particularly you and maybe some other of us, some other others of us in our classroom spaces is that we run that motherfucker. Mm-hmm. So we mm-hmm. get to actually yeah. align the systemic grading piece to the, our values and maybe have more alignment and more people will flourish yeah. because of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Powerful. Thank you for that reflection. Yeah. Oh. I know, right? Sometimes questions. you got to take a deep breath. That's right. Yeah. Right, we got like, some oh. questions. Let's get it. Let's get it. Okay. I'll start with our, our first one. Okay. So I am a graduating grad student. Okay. And I'm certainly not at the top of my field. Mm-hmm. I haven't published at all. So I'm nervous mm-hmm. about the high expectations of a postdoc. Yes. What advice do you have? For my first research postdoc. Okay. Well, that's that's a good question. So you oh wait, wait, you all know what I'm about to say. Yeah, you all so if we were live, I would put up a poll, right? So uh-huh. so I'm about to ask a question to this person. Now, first of all, we appreciate your question as always. Keep them coming to us uh, so we can we made a whole show just on your questions, right? So who is your mentor? Who is your mentor? Mm. That's my first question. So th- I am glad you asked us, but if we're the first people you're asking, yeah, then, yeah, then we should not be the first people you're asking. This. So I hope that's true, right? So yeah, I think my, my advice is to surround yourself with supportive people who have done this before, who are willing to take you under their wing. And this should be multiple people. This should be some people, right? And I'm thinking about you transitioning, right? You're going to mm-hmm. a new place. Who are you going to? And who are you leaving? And how are mm-hmm. they both going to be supporting you in this transition? So there's also something in this question about I'm not at the top of my field. Yeah. I'm not at the top of my field. So I I, I am not trying to psychoanalyze, right? But there, there's something about I don't who cares? Like I don't I like yeah. I don't care. That you're at the top of your field. Like, for me, like, if that person was at the top of their field, my my advice would not change. Like, none of that mm-hmm. has, yeah. So, and I haven't published at all. I, I get that, right? So, nervous. Okay, so then there's, so I'm thinking about imposter syndrome, right? But really, mm-hmm. my my big thing is, tell me about who's surrounding you in your, in you doing this. Yeah. One of the things that, you know, having started as, a teaching postdoc and then transitioning to a research postdoc, one of the things that really helped me was organizing things. And I know that's Mm. super contradictory to what Mm. every piece of advice everybody gives young people. Don't spend time on service. Don't spend time on service. Don't do that. Don't do this. You know, just focus on your research. Just focus on your research. Mm. But organizing speaker series And organizing a special session at one of the AMS sectionals meant that I got to invite the people I wanted to meet, Mm. right? I got to invite, you know, 
just like I'm thinking like Rosa Orellana, who to yeah. me is like you know a fucking superstar. Right, right, right. You right, know right, that right. I had only like heard of. Right. And I was like, well, if I go to that conference, I know she'll be there. Or if I organize a session and I invite her, maybe she'll come. You know, and and now I know her well enough that like we organize things together. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you know, so I'm thinking about the value that there was for me. You know, and I'm not saying doing it, doing it a ton, but I'm saying like once a year organize a, a special session in your area yes. and bringing the people that you've heard good things about whose math is interesting. And then what you do is you, we've talked about this at length, you organize the meals. Yeah. And then you you have to be strategic. You sit next to the person you want to chat math with. Yes. Right? And that's And that's how you start building collaborations. And so for me, that became this kind of pivotal moment in which, yeah, certainly I was not at the top of my field, never been, I don't think, considered yes. to be at the top of my field. And I, I hadn't published anything, but that planted seeds to start new projects, to meet new yeah. people, you know, and, and to, again, start figuring out what I wanted out of my research career. But wait, were you, were you nervous, though? Okay, I just I would just I was need like, that they're person gonna to say no, they're you. gonna say no, they're gonna say no, they're gonna say no. Why they don't know me? Why the hell would they come to this? And then I was like, but just send the email. That oh, you no, know, no, no. all this fear is not no. gonna stop you from sending the email. Just send the invitation. No, no, no I, but I need you. I need this person to hear that at the beginning, like this person's at the beginning, that starting your research postdoc, were you nervous then? I was so scared. I was so scared, you know, and, and I think for me, what was worse was that, you know, my research postdoc was in sig image processing. No. Yes. I did not know that. Yes. Wow. Yes, because the, the project, you know, when you work at West Point and you transition into this research postdoc, it is sponsored by the Army Research Lab. Yeah. And so the scientists at the research lab propose problems that they're willing to take on postdocs yeah. in. So I applied into with a particular person who I yeah. had met down at the research lab and she was working in image processing, you know, object yeah. detection, as you might imagine. Yeah. And I was like, this is hella cool. Like this has a lot of medical applications with breast cancer, like all this stuff. And I was like, this is really interesting. Like I'm, I'm eager to like explore a new area of math. And I, you know, she accepted me into the program. Like everything was fine. I get my postdoc. And then she says, I just got a massive award. Okay. And she had to go elsewhere and she could not supervise me. Okay. So I actually, so can you imagine how terrified I am? Now I got this research postdoc and my mentor is out oh and God. I haven't even had one single meeting with them. Right. They're wow. out. Yeah. And now I'm like alone and I'm like, well, I'm screwed. And I transition, I go over to the Army Research Lab in Maryland, in Adelphi, mm. Maryland. I visit yes. and they start just sending me office to office to office to office to meet all the researchers to see who will take me on. No. Okay. Oh so I'm God. sitting there just like freaking out because basically it's a like, like tell me about the math that you do. How does that relate to image processing? And I'm like, it doesn't. You were speed I was dating? I was speed dating for an advisor. And then they were like, will you sound, oh my God. And I can't even remember this man's name because I met him one time, yeah. you know? And it was like, you, okay, you should go talk to so-and-so because he's really theoretic. And so probably you'll be a better fit for this person. Okay. So I went into this man's office 
the from floor to ceiling covered with the textbooks and papers. Yes. yes. Stacked pile high, all orange. <laughs> you know they've never been moved in the last 45 years. <laughs> and this man looks at me and he says, I looked at your CV. You like Lee theory? And I was like, I do. He hands me a book and he's like, this is all about the life of Sophus Lee. You'll like this book. He's like, yeah, you can be my student. He's like, to be frank, just do whatever you want. And I was like, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. So okay. he became my postdoc advisor. Only for two, like two months later, he passed away. No. I never talked to the man again. And I just got an email that said, you know, we're sorry to say he has passed. Like, Eris, I don't even remember his name. I met him three minutes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. So yes. now I'm back with no advisor. So tell me, like, person that sent this question, you think I'm not scared? Yes. I, I, it felt like I had a free pass, and now they threw me into some other, you know, clustering algorithm group. Right. Oh so my I had to God. learn about graph theory and clustering algorithms and connected components of graphs. I'd never in my life taken a graph theory class. And I'm like, what am I doing? What am I doing? Like, how I'm going to fail at all of this? And, and again, I was so lucky because I had Eric. Mm. And I was like, Eric, I got time and, and energy. What should we work on? Right. And so I create, and then I started organizing this thing. I started going to conferences that were workshops. So I, I started creating my own postdoc. That's what I did. I created my own postdoc wow. because, you know, and, and thank you, Army Research Lab, for all the funding. It, it definitely <laughs> right. helped of me course, in my career. But yeah. but yeah, I was terrified. It was a very scary first year. Yes. That I had to figure all that out by myself. No, and this is what we're, yeah, this is what we're trying to avoid across the board at all these transition moments. How do we not? So I guess this is, in terms of the advice, I'm thinking, how do we make sure this first year is a good one, right? Like, yeah, and that is tied to having people, short of a miracle, having some people mm. out there to support you, for sure. Yeah. All right, question number yeah. two. What does it take? Go for it. To build or shape a culture. That's all. Oh. It <laughs> That's it. That's the question. Yeah. Yeah. What does it take to oh. build or shape a culture? I think I think to build it, it, whoever is the dominant set of group of people tend to have maybe an easier time to build or shape a culture. Because if there's, you know seven people who all believe and think the same thing, then mm. the other three people end up becoming the people in the margins, mm. right? Mm. And, and sometimes that's done without intentionally meaning that to happen, but it, it can happen. So any space I walk in, there's already a culture that has I was about to say. shape that space, right? right? So like when you're a new person walking into any space, there is already a culture that you're trying to figure out. Yeah, right. And yeah. for some of us, if we walk into that space, you know, and I'm just thinking about like very easily, you know, I walk into a space and I hear people speaking Spanish immediately. I switch. Ooh. I don't even question it. Yeah. I don't even question if there's other people in the room that don't speak Spanish. Yeah. Yeah. So there's already a culture. I fit into that culture and I turn that part of my culture on. Right. Like mm. for the benefit or the marginalization of other people. Right, right, right. Because right. it could be that that you know that there's seven people in the room that speak Spanish, and the other three are in the corner by themselves, not knowing what's being said. And so, I think it, it's so hard to to reshape a culture into what you actually want it to be. Yeah, 
when you're not intentionally interrogating what the current culture actually is. No, that's is. exactly what I was going to say. That is exactly right. So I, the, the first thing that came to my mind was, are we going to take some time to talk about where we are right now? Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to say, well, wait, w- let's talk about what our culture is today. What are the things we believe in? What are we trying to accomplish? And what needs to change? Right? Or, yeah, what, what about our beliefs need to change? And so I'm currently with some organizations who, again, who are trying to diversify the discipline, who are bringing in people who are not, quote, prepared, and the faculty themselves are not changing, right? Mm-hmm. And so and to accommodate people who are coming in who are not prepared because of access, right? Yeah. And so, so they have no chance because the, the, the predominant people who wow. impact the culture are not changing. They will not, they will not change. They have no reason to change. And so, yeah, we, we are just building a, a situation in which people are going to just be failing, right? So, yeah, I mean, so, but I also think that's why it's hard because, again, in every culture, somebody is benefiting. Absolutely. So then, so then when, it's, when, when, you, when you then say, okay, let's put all the narratives on the table, what are we thinking about changing or, you know, removing or adding there are going to be some people in there who, again, like we said last week, who are going to be all smiles, mm-hmm. who are going to listen to you talk about, oh, we should change this and change that. But they don't want to change anything right? mm-hmm. because they are they're very much benefiting. So I think it takes to answer the question. I think it takes courage. It takes the ability. You're going to have to gather people. Right. And you're going to have to you're going to have to know or be be aware of how to have some difficult conversations. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. And, you know, I've I've experienced two very different cultures from my last last institution to this one. And Mm. and there was one thing that I realized, you know, I think sometimes when we think about culture change, you know, the the ultimate goal for me in culture change is to dismantle racism. Right. Like, okay, Mm, small, mm. small thing. Like, I, you know, okay, white supremacy. Okay, you know, every day, a little bit, as much as I can. But I think. With that, if that is my goal, it's going to take a long time, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. we, we understand all of that. But I think there's also very small things that we do. And, you know, we say it all the time. We end the show with our 5%. We do all of this constantly. And, and I think about one thing that I did this year that I feel, uh, and I'm getting clear evidence that it's reshaping part of the culture in my department. And um, an hour a week. Yeah. And we host, I now host a coffee tea hour. Okay. So, you know, many departments have this. Ours never did or, or hasn't in I don't oh, know how never. many decades. I, I don't I don't think so. Like, okay. I mean, I was okay. a graduate student from, you know, 2006 oh, right, to right, 2012. Right. And you never and, like, did a coffee? There was never. Okay, tea. No, okay. like, okay, if there was a colloquia, there was a colloquia, like there was some coffee or cookies afterwards. But, like, I never... I don't, I think I might have gone to one colloquia the six years I was there. Like, mm-hmm. I actually didn't understand the colloquia was for me. Right. That's a whole other, a whole other episode. Yes. But I, now it's just like, I send an email. I have my email scheduled, right? Like, yeah. I brought, I bought the coffee. Yes. I bring it into the office. You know, I schedule my emails at, at Wednesday, you know, noon. Yes. And I'm like, or, you know, one o'clock. I'm like, don't forget, coffee hour starts at this time. Yes. See you there. Bring a mug. You yes. know, just like complete you know, schedule, everything is done, 
you know, I'm super happy that the, you know, student workers in the main office, they make the coffee. Like I'm not even making the coffee, you know, it's all set up. I bring some cookies and we just hang out. And we just hang out. This is great. And why, why did you do that? Because I realized that for me, I needed, I almost needed permission Mm. to have time where I could just be Mm. without having to be working. Ah. And knowing that this one hour a week was like the social time that that I could dedicate without feeling like, oh, I got to be answering emails. I got to do da, 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 right? Yes. It just gave me permission to have fun. Mm. It just gave me permission to have a break. Yes. And it also, again, but, but, by but you can do that without a, inviting the whole department. Why? I, yeah. Well, well, but I remember I'm a senior person now. And by leaning in and saying, hey, you can as well. Here's the permission you might have needed to take an hour off of your week yes. to just say hello right. to other people and have a cup of coffee. And you don't even have to stay the whole time. Right, 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 right. And it has, I think it has built this this opportunity to take a break and to just like get to know each other. I've gotten to meet students I might never teach during the entire right. time that yes. they're there. Right. 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 right? And then it, it is inevitable that you put math people together and they're having coffee and cookies and then like math fun starts happening. Right. Yes. Right. And yes. so it's just been so lovely. And what I've realized is that, you know, before a lot of people were around with their doors closed because they're working, you know, and there was yeah. not a lot of hallway chit chatter. Yeah. And now I come into the department and I kid you not, there doesn't go a day where I don't hear some laughter somewhere. Yeah. Right. Mm. Like people walking in the hallway, like, how's it going? Yeah, you know, yeah, I'll yeah, see yeah. you in class. Right. Just like there's there's at least to me from my first year yeah. at UWM to this year, I see the change. Right. Mm. I see mm. people you know, just talking to each other, like in the hallway, you know, not feeling this pressure to like go directly to their office and just get all the work done. Yes, yes, yes. So you're interrupting this this narrative of be there, work whole time. There's time for connection. There's time, time for, for camaraderie. Okay, that's fantastic. All right, well, here's our final question. Yes. Why is it that a paper with a single author is more impressive than one with multiple authors. Mm. Oh, so there's a narrative here. Yeah. So then, yeah. So, and I, I guess the narrative is that if it's your name alone, then that means that you did it all. Right? Mm-hmm. And so, and so when you have, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, right? So, and if you have something with you and for the people, then this is like, oh, Y'all got together. You did a little bit. You did a little bit. You did a little bit. But because you didn't do as 100%, then it's not as impressive as if you did 100%. And there's something about, yeah, this is helping me a lot because I now can start to think about interrupting my own thoughts here, right? Because, Mm -hmm. again, there's this myth of the single individual, right? And so just because your name is on there alone, does that mean you did it alone? Mm. Right, right. That that that, and and again, in the production meeting when we thought about this, it was like when someone goes up and accepts album of the year or book of the year, right? Those people, when you look at the liner notes, they're forty other people. When you look at the acknowledgments yes. of the book, they're forty other people, right? So, so we are we are obsessed with the byline, 
With, we are. Yes, with who, by who, right? And so, yeah, and thinking, this is helping me a lot because then, and then on the other side, when you see a paper with five people on it, maybe we can start to think about how hard it is just to get five people in a fucking meeting. Oh, my God! <laughs> right? <laughs> and so, oh, if you can't even get five people on the same calendar, how did you write a 15-page paper with five people? Right? Mm-hmm. And that, that has its own mm-hmm. set of impressive challenges that we have to start to bring up. So this is helping me with narrative change, change there. But I feel like, from my perspective, it feels like, oh, how much of the work have you done? And because you're the only name, that means you did all the work. and That makes it more impressive. That's what we're thinking. Yeah. No, no, I agree. And I think when we go out into the job market, mm. there is, I think, a benefit to having a mixture, right? Like. Okay. Okay, you get a solo author paper. Okay, maybe with your PhD advisor, right? I've never um, heard you talk about the- writing a paper by yourself one time ever in my whole fucking life. Oh, because I can tell you, I think at this point, you know, I'm like 80, 80 publications deep, you know, like yeah. math ones. And yeah. two of them are solo authored. What? Yeah, yeah. The the first one pre-PhD. Yes. And then one, the summer that I started my tenure track job because of so the it's advice been how that I long? got. Since two, the last solo author paper I wrote was in 2016, summer okay, of 2016. I wrote it yeah. by myself yeah. and I hated every minute of it. I actually, mm. actually, to be frank, I signed up for a writing program where mm. I had to compete with other people. And what's it? To write. It's like you just, you had to clock time, how much time you were writing Oh, because I was like, this is terrible. At least I feel like I other people are sort of writing with me if I see oh that they spend an God. hour writing. Yes, so I'll yes, write yes. an hour. It was but it was the only way I actually managed to write the paper by myself because I kind of had a cohort of other people doing their own thing. Yes. So it's funny oh, because got it. it's got solo it, got authored. It, yeah. It's solo authored. But like it's like being in the room with other people as they're writing, like yes. a writing retreat type of thing. So you wrote so it with other people some, anyway. I did in the room, yeah. even though they're, you know it was my math. They're doing, they're in sociology, they're right in other right, fields. Right, 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 right. But but the thing about it was that I constantly got that advice that like, listen, when you go up for tenure, no one's going to know what you did versus what other people did, and so you have to have at least another solo author paper out because 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 that's the narrative, yes. and you're not going to get tenure, and you're at this place, you know, and you got to know what they want, and so. So, you know, I had this, like, whole trauma during tenure track. Like, so they're going to discount the work that I do that, like, I'm able to bring undergraduate students into this work and, like, publish with them? They're going to discount that? So, you know, so I had this whole trauma that I was trying to fight. And so I wrote my second solo author paper. And I don't know that I'll go my, I I might never write another. I I, No, I probably not. Yeah, there's just no way. Yeah, it's just, yeah. I mean, why? Why would I? Right. Yeah. So in, in but, you but, at Minority Math. Or I mean, maybe maybe you get struck by something that's singularly yours, right? That you just feel like that you've just you've got to say it, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's possible. Maybe. Yeah. But I think for you know for younger people, my my advice is, you know, certainly fight the narratives, right? Yes. Knowing yes. that yes, you can have a very solid career being yeah. a collaborative mathematician, and but also be aware that those conversations about how much did you contribute will be there. They're not going Mm. away, right? The people that are going to be evaluating you for jobs, there will be somebody on that committee who will say that. 
my hope is that from people who are currently listening, yes. is that they'll be they will also be in the room and they will say, you know what? Mm-hmm. No, this person certainly contributed more than one over n. And yeah. in fact, in other countries, they do two over n plus one. Yes. So maybe let's do at least that, right? So, so I think it's just a matter of being knowledge is power. So you have to know that if you're aiming for a research career, you will have those narratives that you have to fight. And so there's a balance. Have some, if you can, solo author papers, even if they're they're painful, right? And then have some collaborative work that you're doing that you're thoroughly enjoying. Yeah. Yeah. And vice versa. I mean, I also think the advice for somebody who like hates working with other people and they love doing solo work, to me that, that actually, for me, that raises a red flag. Can you actually ever mentor a graduate student? My God. You've okay. never been able to collaborate on a problem with anyone. No, 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 no. But so this is good. But look, there's a narrative that you just said. Why is that the case? Why is that the case? Just because they don't have a paper with someone, right? I know. Yeah. Okay. I didn't say it was right. I yeah, didn't okay. say that is how it should yeah. be. Yes. Um, I'm, you know, saying what somebody else could say. Yeah, so I'm just right. saying there's always going to be narratives. You're not going to win in either way. And yes. so I'm like, just giving a little bit of what each of them want so they can right. shut up. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that, right. that's really my no, best advice. That is fantastic. Wow. And also, I don't actually believe that if you have solo author papers, you can't mentor right, someone. I should right. be clear. We know that. But, yes, you know, that's clear. Yeah. But but <laughs> that, that might be a narrative somebody in there says. Of course, of course. <laughs> oh, my God. 5%? Oh, I am going to spend a little bit more than 5% really reimagining what my spring class looks like oh, to fight my hypocrisy on, mm. on the value of community. Oh, my God. So. Yeah, that is way more than 5%. And I don't even want to say yeah. that. I, yeah. No, I was I was actually... So there are two things, right? So again, like we're in the last minute. So I'm still listening to students with an open heart and mind and not trying to shut the door. Let me be clear about that. And mm. so, I, yeah, so I got a couple more days left for the semester. On, on the, you know, on the books. And then I'm going to rest, right? I'm going to rest. And so okay. that's, a, that's that's some 5% that I'm going to uh, attempt to do as well. So, yeah. It'll Amazing. be new for me. Yes, yes. <laughs> I can't wait to hear about your 5% rest. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> Announcements? We have the Siam Simons Undergraduate Summer Research Program coming up. There's actually five sites across the United States for research and learning in applied math and computational sciences. So there's going to be a faculty mentor taking on two students at, at each of the sites working together to conduct scientific research, teaching students also on how to effectively communicate mathematics and computational science principles. Really, it just sounds like a phenomenal program. It does target U.S. students from groups that are historically marginalized who are interested in applied mathematics and computational math. So please, please check this out. We'll put the very long website on the show notes, and the applications are due February 7th. So students, this is the time that you get, start requesting those letters of recommendation. Then we also have... SL Math Adjoint Conference, so African Diaspora Joint Mathematics Workshop. This is a year-long program providing opportunities for U.S. mathematicians, especially those from the African diaspora, to conduct collaborative research on topics at the forefront of the mathematical and statistical sciences. That one is also due in January. This one's mid-month, January 15th. Excellent. That's amazing. Yeah, some of these I hadn't even heard of, so I'm investigating them. Excellent. Thank you for the time, as always. Tell me who you are. 
I'm Pamela Harris. And I am Eris Winger, and you've been listening to Mathematically Uncensored, where our talk is real and complex. But never discreet. Later, people. Bye. Hey.